0: Welcome to Big Meeting. You've discovered the lost pitches.
1: Uh, Right, so we have meetings with very interesting and very cool people to tell them about our pitch ideas. These pitch ideas don't just come out of thin air. We brainstorm, we write, we critique each other's ideas and we get ready for the meetings. And that's a hard process, isn't it, Adrian? Adrian?
0: Can you leave me alone? I'm playing Warcraft 2.
1: Right. So, anyway, we want to give you a little bit of insight into that. So, here are some of the times when we've pitched things back and forth and tried to basically help each other improve our ideas. Um, Adrian, can you uh, press play? I'm busy. Yeah, but I'm just trying to do... I'm busy!
0: You push play if it's so important. Fine.
1: Pitch me the next one. Zero out. Drake... And Michael Palin run a dry cleaning business together. When they run into trouble with NATO, only one of their legendary kinetic poems can serve as an adequate apology. But will they collate all the necessary materials in time for the G7 summit opening ceremony? Tense. Right, so they get
0: into trouble with NATO. Yes. Okay, now that involves normally some sort of... That'd be quite a substantial (laughs) uh, issue for NATO to get involved. Now, I know that when you're buying or renting a house... You often get a report about the radiation in the area. Here we go. And on that report it includes
1: a NATO code.
0: Dry <laughs> dry cleaning businesses in the area because we got one of those about what? our flat, and it said there's a slightly higher than usual radiation uh, in the area, and we're like, what are you talking about? I don't know it's the heat or the something.
1: That's mad.
0: Anyway, is that why NATO get involved? Yes. Oh, oh there how you did get. you know? It was just a lucky um, guess.
1: Yes. Lots of radiation. Where are let's they based? Just, let's just... Uh, where are they based? Uh, Canada. Canada, fine. Let's play this out. There's a, there's a radiation... Um, surge. Surge, because the dry cleaning systems, we now, as you've just explained to me, have some kind of radon beam, and they turn it up too far. <laughs> <laughs> above the recommended Canadian Dry Cleaning Association levels, NATO spot this on their systems... And send in uh, troops. I'm sorry. I'm just
0: checking uh, this because I'm slightly worried that um, that I'm that I'm confused. (laughs) I wonder if it was if it was a laundrette rather than a dry cleaner. Too late. Well, let's assume
1: it's definitely. Anyway, it's one of the two. Maybe they
0: maybe they have a combo business. Uh, okay, so that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Okay. Um...
1: And when the NATO general walks into the tri-general to <laughs> say it's time to shut this down, he goes, aren't you Michael Palin? And Michael Palin says, yes. And he says, I love your kinetic poems. <laughs> and Michael Palin says, well, thank you very much. I mean, it was an experimental kind of thing. Um, tell you what, G7 opening ceremony next week Come and do one of your poems. I will kinetic poems, which, by the way, I'm imagining are voiceless, uh, kind of like contemporary dance pieces. Moving his eyes around a yeah, lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, what? 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 So Drake isn't really involved in this very much.
1: <laughs> no, Drake. Drake's a Drake's a business partner there, and he and, and Michael Palin is and if the guys leave. Michael Palin goes, "Well, that was lucky." And Drake says, "What the hell, man?" Like. How are we going to do this? Like, I don't know anything about doing this. And Michael Penn says, don't worry, I'm going to teach you how to do a kinetic poem. And they've got a week to learn. And they've got a week, right? week to learn it. Montage. And, and
0: then the performance, I'm imagining, just blows everyone's socks off. Yeah. Is released as a single and wins best Oscar for best song. Or song. Best performance or <laughs> best, something. Best. Best kinetic poem.
1: Best tableau. Best tableau.
0: Shattered Treason. Venice, 1992. Ooh. A lorry makes a wrong turn and plunges to the bottom of a canal. Carrying solid blocks of pure glass, no one misses it. But those glass blocks are the key to an ancient mystery and must be united with the orb of steam deep under the ocean by midnight on the millennium, or the human race will become infertile. <laughs> Luke Wilson is the rough but honest celebrity glass sculpture sculptor... or sculpture... <laughs> Whose knowledge is required? Sculpture.
1: That would be so good.
0: <laughs> whose knowledge is required by Interpol to stop catastrophe? Let's stick with sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke we- Wilson is the rough but honest celebrity glass sculpture <laughs> whose knowledge is required by Interpol to stop catastrophe.
1: So Interpol send their agent, they say, we we have a mission for you. You must go and consult with this glass sculpture in Venice. He <laughs> looks like Luke Wilson. <laughs> I do like the idea. Maybe this is a different film, but I do like the idea of a film about Interpol or something like that, where, as it turns out, the top guy is absolutely insane. No, right, yeah. no, it's just, it's like actually like really superstitious. And they're doing like, yeah, yeah, sure. I like do the... Get the network to send in the intel, do the thing with the thing. Also, you go and consult the glass sculpture in Venice and let me know what it says. And everyone's like, "Whoa, Really? Or Okay. Uh, and they yeah. go and do it. And yeah. like, like there must be a code thing. And they turn up it's actually just a glass sculpture. <laughs> anyway, um
0: So apart from that, everything okay?
1: Um apart from that, so Venice 92 <clears> for me yes. is a very <laughs> interesting, original, evocative setting. I love that. Now, what I was thinking when you were explaining this one was there's quite a lot of exposition that needs to be done through the film to explain all of this
0: uh, all done in a po- uh, pre-credit sequence as <laughs> as as expected with a, a voiceover and uh, a brief history of the glass orbs or no no the glass blocks and the orb of steam <laughs>
1: there's like a long genealogy of the steam masters uh, and Steam the, masters aren't mentioned till the sequel I'm right? Now. there's a lot to remember is what I'm saying there is a lot to
0: remember but it, what the, the, you forget about
1: that that's because, not a, because they're just running around Venice like, that's not important the, getting the, in scrapes
0: the, 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 well the main thing is the uh, Interpol trying to get the knowledge from Luke Wilson the ice sculpture to uh, you know what I think this is a good one but we might park it for now I'm not sure if the, this is really going anywhere let's
1: park it for now although the glass lobby will love it fondue Chibatel Egeafor is an alpine hostelier, with a penchant for the absurd. <laughs> <laughs> when arguing couple Chili González and Dua Lipa arrive, Egeafor decides to have some sport with them, and concocts a farcical evening of misunderstandings involving the other guests: a hipsterish blind diplomat and his psychopath valet, <laughs> a hoary but narcoleptic sea captain, and the mysterious Jimena. <laughs> Where is it set, did you say?
0: In Spain or something? I I think that's brilliant. The basic thing, I love the idea of him setting up, uh, what was it, a series of uh, misunderstandings on purpose or whatever it was. That's brilliant. So would each, it would just be a scene throughout the evening where sort of slightly uh, bizarre misunderstandings lead to embarrassing situations or something
1: Uh, like that? It's more like um, he can see they're arguing. He wants to make them have a self-realisation of the error of their ways. Okay, okay. And basically puts them in weird scenes with right. these other people who... So
0: then they sort of realise that they're, they're, they are actually close and they kind
1: of have an understanding that yep. they didn't realise between each other. Kind of push them to their limit, push them to breaking point, and then they fall into each other's arms again. That's really giving, nice. I think it is quite nice, actually. And, um, and so he's you know, doing
0: it just because he's a nice guy and he's a very insightful he, about humanity. Well,
1: if you listen to the pitch, it says he has a penchant for the absurd. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but
0: he also is, is his aim then not to get them to be happy. Or... Fra-
1: frankly, he could have gone either way. He could have done it and it made it much nice. worse. He could have made it horrible. Yeah. All he cares about is that it's absurd. OK, that's his thing. Um, uh, he, that's why he set up his hostel uh, um, to concoct these situations. It's almost like living theatre to him.
0: I think that's that's great. I, I'm not sure why people would come back to his hostel, but maybe because they have an interest uh, and you know a once in a lifetime experience. You can't you can't buy that kind of thing.
1: I don't think they do come back to his hostel uh, hostel. I think it's more like uh, Forty Towers, where there are certain long term <laughs> residents just live there, such as the narcoleptic sea captain, and mm. there and the people come for a trip and then yeah, they don't yeah, come back. Yeah. Okay. Did I tell you what it's called? No. Fondue.
0: No, you did say that. Mm. So there is fondue involved?
1: Much fondue. (laughs) Pitch me.
0: Intercode. Intercode. Mm -hmm. Danny Glover is lost in a supermarket and ranting about (laughs) barcodes. People think he's just senile, and his children encourage him to consider moving to a retirement community. Mm. But he insists that the numbers are trying to control us. Horror.
1: Um, that's f- I. I can I can see that as a film. Yep. Fine. Do you know what I mean? Like the numbers, the barcode, the the stuff. Yeah. Um. That's the point. It's a film. I think we should just straight up take that to our meeting. Right. As as, as an idea. <laughs> as an icebreaker. Um. What I really like is the idea of Danny Glover being a bit loopy in a supermarket. Yeah. Are there scenes where he goes back to his study? And there are walls just covered in equations, and he's the numbers and like drawing barcodes on the wall and trying to like draw his own barcodes. Yes, and yes, scanning exactly them, that. and it never works. And then one yeah. time, he draws a barcode, scans it, and it comes out like he
0: goes beep, and it says the secret government facility is located <laughs> exactly. Out. Yeah,
1: and he's like, oh my god! And then somehow, like, um, he goes to find his kids and tell them when he comes back. Some of the decorator has papered over the walls. or Ah, uh, and, and they don't believe him, and they
0: send him to the old folks' home. Uh, and they take you in invoke power of attorney to take away all his pens. And, in and the,
1: that's it. In the evening, he lies down on his bed and opens his eyes, and the ceiling is covered with barcodes. Pitch me. One too many. Jim Broadbent is a Premier League footballer. Nothing to say that's about a, that yet. No, uh, there's, almost, oh, there's plenty uh, well, more. There's I plenty mean, more. Uh, what, De-aged and no. de-aging just now. Jim Broadbent is a Premier League footballer who can't control himself and for a bet eats too much lunch. He vomits and a USB pen drive comes out. What secrets does it contain? NB, most of this film is Jim Broadbent playing football and the drive thing only happens at the end. <laughs> that's...
0: that's um, I need to come back to my earlier point. Uh, Premier League footballer. I don't know if you've seen any these days. <laughs> they they're looking less and less like Jim Broadbent all the time. <laughs> uh, what what's the explanation for a middle-aged large man? Of little athletic ability being uh in one of the most expensive football leagues in the world.
1: <laughs> Absolutely none. Right. In the old days, nobody cared about this kind of thing. They would have like uh they would be playing a boxer or a wrestler, yeah. like some fat guy. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Same thing here. Let's let's <laughs> But he's old. An- Anti-Instagram, winding the <laughs> winding it back. Okay. anti ageist Yeah. Jim Broadbent can do what the hell he wants. Okay. Um He also does that kind of goofy face thing that he does so it's like you know you're like a social media like following of like millions and you're a premier league footballer yeah, yeah. But he just does this goofy thing
0: and um okay so does he do his own footballing stunts in the film well or is it like in oh. uh star wars when christopher lee did the lightsaber <laughs> stuff and it's definitely not him i was
1: gonna say i'm i'm okay listen this is really the it's the it's the idea which is important to me here there's two ways of filming this. Either you just give Jim Broadbent a football and say we're just gonna we're gonna run and gun, just just let it happen as much as whatever possible. We get or. I don't mind it if it's you do the t- Jim Brawlbent's shoulders is in shot and you just see him going eh, eh, like against the green screen, maybe against the green screen with his tongue out, kind of like running around. And they go, oh, oh, and then basically um, you then film the rest of the lower the body and it's a completely athletic looking. And
0: you join join the two bits together in Photoshop. <laughs>
1: you could do that. I was thinking more like it's that you just cut, you cut between, between two yeah. things. I think you join them up. I, I don't know better. what would be more obvious, but um...
0: <laughs> I think I do. Pitch me. Donald Sutherland has spent his entire career at the FBI trying to finally bring down the Dominguez Fruit Cartel. Now in poor health, he finally figures out the final piece of the puzzle that will convict the ringleader. But he's too proud to let anyone else make the arrest. He steals a car and some shoes and does it himself. <laughs> Done and Dusted.
1: I know, I mean, I don't really want to kind of make up things to comment on because it's, it's so watertight it's a pretty straightforward film actually so hooked up to machines various machines is it kind of like we start with him and he's like it's quite like very very poor health like literally he's not you don't think he's getting up from this bed nurse he may not make it through the night okay and then and then he, but but he then he realises something <laughs> he's just sitting there and he something clicks in his head or does someone say something or
0: I think someone says something I think the nurse says Donald can I get you some grapes or some flowers <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, thank you, to, nurse. I would be very appreciative of both uh,
0: items to ease your final hours.
1: <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so this is really like this is a hospice. This is kind of
0: well. It, mm, he went in for a minor complaint. It developed quickly. Um, grapes. So she says, can, can, you know, we'd like some grapes or some flowers. And he says, grapes. That was the one <laughs> fruit we didn't investigate the Dominguez fruit cartel on. Or he, he links the grapes with a with a heist yeah. from the seventies. And he's like, right. We can get him now. We can get him. I've got everything I need. Does he say like, I must
1: speak to my daughter, nurse? I must speak. To... Yes, very, like, hey, no, very well, yes, very, very well, Mister Sutherland. Very well. She's on
0: her way. Don't worry. Yeah. Yes. Um, and sorry, Mister Sutherland. <laughs> he's playing
1: himself. Yeah, he's actually fine. He's playing been himself. Undercover FBI. Uh, but I'll tell you agent what.
0: Why, not, why, why is he not just playing a, uh, a character who happens to have the same name? I'm not fond- impossible at all. Um, FBI special agent Donald Sutherland. <laughs> uh, and there. And anyway, so yes. So he realizes that. Uh, he can make this take down, but he his FBI colleague, a young guy, his his partner, who's like 40, comes in and says his final goodbyes just after he's realised. So you know that he has the option to tell him, okay, look, all you need to do is you need to link him with the with the grape thing in in Prague, and then we can take him down on tax returns yeah. or whatever. He could tell him, Bye. but he's too uh, proud. He's too pr- and he waits ooh. for the guy to leave the room, and you're thinking, like, well, he's hardly only got a few hours left. So he waits until the nurse is... Uh, Gone to get a cup of tea, yeah, and he mm, steals her shoes. <laughs> Manages to get to the car park through a series of deceptive acts, where he, you know, takes some scalpels from next to his bed, <laughs> and
1: next to his uh, bed, yeah. Nurse leaves the scalpels there for a while, <laughs>
0: and a couple of grapes.
1: Scalpels, <laughs> <are> scalpels for. <laughs> it's an
0: hospital. We have scalpels, and he and a couple of grapes, and he goes to like the reception desk where they're all, uh, or the nurses' station, yeah, and he like throws a grape at one of them and starts an argument between them and then he like crawls past the nursing station and there's like a security guard on the door and he throws a scalpel at the um, CCTV camera and shatters it because he's got, you know, years of training. Uh, and then he makes his way to the car park where he finds a car that has been left there in a hurry by a couple who are having a baby. Uh, but he thinks it's for the greater good. They'll find another way home and he takes the car and he gets to the Dominguez Fruit Cartel yeah. overlord. Yep. Who is office. play office? Yep, the office. <laughs> and um, that's it. He takes down the guy. He walks straight into his office. Takes down the guy. Arrest is made, and he dies happy.
1: In the room where he's made the arrest. With cuffs tyroni- go on. Yep. Bang! He falls down. And the
0: last shot is his his clasped hand, which then opens and a blackberry rolls out
1: so he was actually the crime lord all along yes well, that's it that's it <laughs> and he's, yeah. he's decided to frame someone else the Finally, of a last yeah, that's it
0: that's even better because he suddenly realised there is a way to preserve my legacy
1: and when he was saying I must speak with my daughter he's actually saying I need to I need to tell her we have to do this thing otherwise she won't get all the money from the that's fruit it. cartel I love it uh you know what i actually really like that i genuinely like the idea of this like old dying guy suddenly realizing one thing and and, and having to like desperately like somehow because mm. it's when it's like a when there's like a there's like a normal spy or an agent they've got all these gadgets stuff like, he has nothing
0: well i think that i mean that's why if you watch any spy film of the last 50 years yep. it's always that well i'm exaggerating for effect here but very often they are. They have to go rogue, or they've been yeah, disavowed, yeah. or whatever. So they're on their own without the resources. Because as soon as they have all the resources, it's completely boring, it's boring. Because it's like, well, they can just take. There's no one who could be better than that. Yeah. So yeah, the only thing which you'd have, and actually, I think you've you've enhanced this a lot because if it was just him deciding that he wanted to be the guy to take down the cartel, that's foolish, actually, because he's actually putting the world at risk by potentially mm. dying in the process. But if, it's, uh, if, if, if you sort of think he's an idiot the whole way through, like, why are you doing this? This yeah, stupid. Yeah. Get, at the end, you realise, oh my God, he was the bad guy.
1: I, th- I think it's really good. That's it. Love it. Well, that was The Lost Pitches. Tune in soon for more Big Meeting. Subscribe. Hey, look, listen. Can you just like, t- the person who is next to you, can you just say to them, check out this cool podcast and we will get one more listen. If everybody does that, we will have at least a dozen more listens By the end of the week.
0: Uh, But what if they're not sitting next to anyone?
1: Shut up.
0: But but they might not be.
1: Go and sit next to someone.
0: What, a stranger? Go
1: and sit next to someone and tell them about it.
0: Are we honestly telling people to sit next to strangers and talk to them?
1: Go and sit next to someone you know reasonably well. How well? At least one. They must have replied to at least one email you have sent them. Ever? Yes. Fair enough. Big Meeting Podcast. Find
0: Big Meeting on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and at bigmeeting.horse.